Hey guys, what's up? Today's podcast is with Shane. He's one of the top guys at Sales Sniper. He's been here for a long time. He even has a tattoo of Sales Sniper, which is pretty cool. It was an interview that I did with him at our 2022 retreat in Dallas, where we got everyone together. It was a great time, and he gave a lot of good insights into what Sales Sniper's like, what it's like working with what, and um, hope you guys get out of it, and we'll see you with all new podcasts in 2023. Ex-Special Forces Sniper turned entrepreneur. I've scaled numerous businesses to eight figures. My name is Mad Rider. This is my podcast, and I'm telling you to put that coffee down. down. So it's a podcast, Mike, so you really got to talk into it. Oh, this is the, this is the get up close and personal. Yeah. Oh, how you doing? All right, guys, we're at the Sales Sniper Retreat 2022, and we are here with Shane Hetherington. Yep. Yeah. Yep, What's going on, dude? Not much, man. It's another another excellent retreat. Number two for me. So, number two uh, for everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess a good chunk. I mean, we got half the half the people, man. We're growing so damn fast. Yeah. Got a whole half of the new team. I love seeing the young kids coming in and kind of kind of getting at it. So, they are young. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. A young team. Most of them in their what, like early twenties. If we're lucky. Yeah. yeah if we're lucky. <laughs> some of them. Yeah. Some of them eighteen, nineteen. Yeah. One of them seventeen. Yeah. Um, how do you find sort of managing some of these young, young men? Uh, I love it. I think that the fact that what we have here and what we've been able to build as a culture, first of all, is it shows that people we're having in have a work ethic that is not seen often at that age, Yeah. Right? especially nowadays. So, uh, managing kids with high expectations of themselves makes it easier to manage, I think. Right? Yeah. So I think they hold themselves to a standard that obviously there's a reason they're working here, right? They had to go through a process to get here. Um, but it's really cool to see, even in the short period of time when we have these type of uh, retreats and <clears throat> we get everybody together, how much how much more work they kind of like get at. Yeah, like yeah they're yeah. hungry. Yeah, they really get after it. <clears throat> it's been interesting to see. Like, I reckon there's been more dials done in the last 24 hours than what yeah. there's been done in the previous two weeks. And that's not like a symptom of them not, you know, trying. It's just mm-hmm. you know, I think. In the remote, remote world we work in today, it's it's, it's difficult. Not many that many people are, are self motivated to just mm-hmm. sit there and dial in a room all by themselves all day. Like yeah. they get distracted. They're on a computer. Facebook's there, Instagram's there, yeah. YouTube's there, et cetera, et cetera. And these are designed to be distractions that give you the dopamine hit every time you swipe. So like, right. it's it's no one's fault. It's just that you know, I think it just shows that an environment like this is such so much more productive for them. They'll make more money. I mean, fuck, we'd triple everyone's income if we had them in an office. Oh yeah, I mean, ju- just Josh alone. What are you, 600 dials yesterday? Yeah, 600. Yeah, and he's like, I only got five sets so far. I only got a two and 200 dials. Like, yeah, you've been at it for two and a half hours, bud. Yeah, yeah. Looks like you're on good pace. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, you got 600. 602 yesterday. I told him if he did 600, I'd give him 200 bucks. Yeah, that's what he's doing for. Yeah. (laughs) A little extra cash in the pocket. So there you go. All right. He went back off to dinner and banged out another 100 dollars. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Good for him, man. So hopefully he didn't just hang up on everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Dials are in. You know, but dudes are just kind of setting deals and people are doing the thing. So I've been pretty happy. I like this environment. Like, it's really interesting to meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think kind of see them face to face and get a chance to kind of tell some of the stories about, you know, where the company came from and, and then hear their stories about where they came from. Yeah. You know, like Mark over there, been around the block for a while, you know, coming in and kind of going, I want to learn this skill. I want to yeah. do this thing. Guy booked five sales calls yesterday. Yeah. You know, from, from no, no shows. shows. Yeah. 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 Straight up outbound. Just Which is rough going. Yeah. Yeah. Did who's, it with a smile though. Who sort of surprised you the most? <sighs> There's a couple, right? Like mm. that one. I think yeah. I think Mark Mark because you know, I work 
very closely with him and obviously with we have high expectations but also i think we have a high level of uh of help i guess right like we're yeah. willing to give the help needed to make sure everyone has the success that we think they can have yeah so the fact that he just did it with a smile on his face and came back after a whole day of being out everybody else is out new guy is still sitting there banging out calls he's like hey can you help me with this i'm like fucking right you can yeah 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 you're still working yeah, yeah. let's go so uh that one has been been great to see and then uh, also mac yeah i was gonna say mac mac is uh got around some people and all of a sudden slapping sales across like he is slapping sales like it's his job or something is he on a sales call He's on a sales call oh, right yeah. now, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, look at that. I think I think it was good to see uh, like Yash in in person. I got yeah. to I got to get an idea of like he's obviously very good, mm. but I was like, ah, okay, I see why you need this. Yeah, you know that story I told this morning at the thing was for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah, I could imagine for him specifically. Yeah, I could um, imagine. So like you know that it's interesting to see what people are good at or they're bad at john shin i think has been like i've been super impressed that kid mm-hmm. has not left the room no he has not stopped dialing he has not stopped selling and he has been doing it with a smile on his face a deep level of self-hatred <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah you, you took the words right out yeah, of my mouth. <laughs> yeah he dials with a deep level yeah, of self-hatred. Yeah. um but yeah, it's just good to see like that kid is getting after it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's just fun to see like, you know, Valeria set 38 yesterday. Yeah, she's the unicorn. I wish everybody was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Look at you, she's, she's, probably, she's probably making a set while, while, while Mean Mug. How many sets right you now. done today, Valeria? 20. Just a couple. Set. What about you, Jordan? Uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just be Valeria. <laughs> Yeah, Valeria said 38 yesterday, yeah, sitting on a couch all day with a pillow between her legs, right. just just doing this on a phone because she got giant yeah, nails. The nails. The nails are longer than my fingers. I don't yeah. know how she's doing any of it. Period. Yeah. But so it's 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 fun to watch. Like, it's fun to watch these like I guess young young people, two fucking old dudes just talking. But young people kind <laughs> of thrive in an environment where like they're working. Yeah. Like you know we're not like like I remember I was people were taking sips of water yesterday and I was going hey get back on the phone, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they, I think they know that it's coming from a place of like I want them to be successful. Right. And it's like I had to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. like it made me better at doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you do before here? Well, shit, sales in general is a short time for me so far, right? Yeah. I, I've come always come from some sort of like a management background and whatever it was that I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but chef for a long time, like I cooked for majority of my life, either that or some sort of manual labor. Yeah. Right. So I always found myself in like a coaching or manager. Chef's role. a rough gig, man. Yeah, it is. You know, you, you have to hate yourself really deep. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, you have to love your family, but make sure you never see them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all the best parts of life. You yeah, know? yeah. Because like, I mean, I, I've had like when I was a PT, I had clients that were chefs, and like, yeah. it, it was impossible. It's rough. Like, I mean, they start work at shit o'clock in the morning, they finish yeah. work at shit o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and like. The only time you get breaks is when you like sit there and eat food and it just yeah. it's a rough existence. Yeah. Yeah, there's no you don't make yourself meals, right? Like but the cool thing is when I saw the transition and I think it's a culture thing for me. Like it doesn't matter in my opinion, it's my own personal opinion. Like the job isn't the thing you go for anywhere for in, in for myself. It's about the environment, right? Like an excellent kitchen that I've been in quite a few times, like it wasn't about the cooking that you're doing, it's about the team you have around you. Mm-hmm because everyone's there to support you, right? There's some shit days. And especially what we do, everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of people saying, well, let me think about it. How about 
How about no? <laughs> right? But you know that you have your team around you to kind of, hey, how can we help? Right? That's something that you can't buy. Yeah. Right? There's no, I don't think there's a paycheck out there that's going to replace that. Yeah. And I think that's what you see with the, some of the people here is like, there's opportunities in the world to do anything. Yeah. Right? There's a million ways to make money. Right? But the fact that people are choosing to be here and know that it's something that we're building as a culture, as a, as a, a business that did start from the ground up fairly recently. Yeah. And to see people so gung-ho to be like, I want to be a piece of that. That's fucking infectious, right? Yeah. It's something that's very, very fun to be a part of. Something that me and Road talked about was like, I think like the, one, of the, one of the things the industry has done is it's given people unrealistic expectations of what an entry-level job should pay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, you come in as a brand new SDR, whatever, you get a base, you get your comments. But like, there's an expectation, you know, like, because I think the job is so similar to like the closers and you, know, you can be a brand new SDR and then you can be sitting next to someone making 50K a month doing mm-hmm. essentially from an outward perspective, the exact same work. Yeah. Right. But like if you look at it in terms of like, say, the average entry level job or the average, you know, you get out of university and make a 40 grand a year. Yeah. Right. The average executive makes 80 to 90. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you know, yeah. it, it's it's really funny. It's like and if you're in the mailroom, like you don't think you should be paid as much as the guys that are on the board. Right. Like it's just kind of the way it is because there's like the separation. The job looks different. You're in different departments. You're in different yeah. areas. So it's like, but I think the industry has said like, hey, you can come in here, just make a couple of fucking phone calls and mm-hmm. make 150, 200 grand a year. It's like, it's not necessarily true, nor is it like, and it, it is true for some, right? But it's like, you're in an entry level position. Right. It's like, you're 20 years old. You're entry level. You have no skill. We have to give you the skill. You have to do the work and realistically you'll probably get paid the same as if you're in a retail job yeah you know but you have the option to make more through commissions (laughs) and stuff like that yeah so i think like the industry itself has done itself a bit of a disservice because like you know as sdrs especially become more of a thing like it's difficult unless you're selling on a 100k account like where it's a 100k offer right Right. To make really good money. Listen, if you're selling a 500k offer in your SDR, bro, you make fucking 30, 40 grand a month yeah, because then, like then it's just a it. super expensive offer. Those offers are unicorns. Yeah. They're really, really difficult to get on. And then how long do they last? That's the real thing as well. How many have we seen go? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're like, you know, those, yeah. you know, those uh, 6k offers, you know what I mean? It's difficult to make a really good living, but yeah. you can learn the skills that will kind of get you there and you can go from the mailroom you know, onto here, onto here, onto here. And eventually yeah. you can be, you know, in the room where you want to be, but there's a gradation and a time period that it takes and everyone's going to take different time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's one of the things that we have to deal with um, is I think unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Cause like sales is a meritocracy and fuck man, like those who are good at killing will eat. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. But it's, uh, I think that on that same, that same vein, it's like, those who are good at nurturing things for somebody else are going to be really good at doing that. Yeah. Hence Valeria, right? Yeah. She knows what she she's wants. She's fucking she savage. She's working she more. She makes at like what, 19 years old from a couch makes more than the average executive. Yeah. Significantly and, more. And more than some closers. Yeah. Actually probably more, not, not some, probably more than majority. Yeah. I would say the average closer out yeah. there would not make as much as no. Valeria. All just from hanging out on the phone. Just like fucking DM it, people on Instagram like a motherfucker. So that's the thing is, is I think it takes a certain. But uh, she is very good at what she does. Yeah, but she also picked a lane, right? Yeah, yeah. She's not looking to be the SDR that wants to be the closer today. Yeah. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. I just want to be really fucking good at what I do. Yeah. And the thing I always try to help everybody understand is like, whether you want to go to a different role or not, 
you still have to be really fucking good at the first one yeah before you have the opportunity somewhere else because you need to know you can be trusted to do this right that's exactly right all right and you can't like you can't try and move up too quickly mm -hmm. and you can't try and skip steps because like tony said this morning like you know he sort of skipped steps and now he's realizing that that's a big hole in his game is the fact that he never had to do some of those things yeah, yeah. you know so i thought that was really interesting for him to kind of bring that up and go like this is so his plan for the next year is like basically go back and learn the sdr skills go back and learn dm setting go back and learn nurturing and pipelining and that yeah. kind of stuff because he was thrown straight on the fucking closing accounts because when he came on like we were brand new you had to be you right? know it's like these are what we have we got to do what we got to do yeah. well we didn't have any sdrs we didn't have right. any setters it was just that was what the sales role was you become a sales guy you mm -hmm. do your own outbound you do your own triages and you do your own sales yeah right so like when he came on like it was just basically triage to sale triage to sale triage to sale yeah um, you know, he was on pretty decent accounts. <laughs> yeah. It's also, I think, the, like the in, with the industry shift, too, like we're seeing the need to be in different positions, right? Yeah. You yeah. can't just be an inbound triage that's getting on your calendar so you can sit back twiddling your thumbs until everything's ready, right? Yeah. It's like, well, it's I think that like with the, with the marketing is getting weird and harder, I think as it always has been since the dawn of time. Yeah. But like I think the book of call reality that a lot of closers and setters and stuff live in i think is like fading yeah to be honest yeah because it's getting more difficult to figure out it's getting more competitive um and it's, it's just in a position where like i think the future of sales at least in our industry at the moment is sdr based like it is yeah. people doing everything from cold calling to lead magnets to Oh, to old school outbound and like and then you know you're gonna have multiple different marketing channels mm -hmm. so you're gonna have someone who can do linkedin or do facebook or do instagram and youtube everything yeah then from there they have like ability to, to collect people and then put them into a sales process yeah. and that's what we're gonna need yeah uh, so that like people it's like, can it's, get like a, sales it's, like a, it's like a physical human being search function basically right exactly yeah like we gotta search for the people who we need here and then yeah. get them to the right people to talk to because a straight up book of call funnel from a VSL is getting prohibitively expensive. Mm -hmm. And even like the accounts that we're on, like the where we're doing the marketing, it's still cheap, right? Because we do so much other stuff. Right. So, get right. to do so much content. However, like not many people or accounts, even the ones that we have, are willing to do all of the things that we want them to do to keep those costs low. Yeah. Yeah. Y you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I do. Yeah, we've had some <laughs> chats. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, we're not going to fire every client because they won't do everything we say. Right. Because, right. you know, we still make money. But, you know, we have to figure out ways in which we think we can, um, you know, stop the bleeding. Right. As it were. Yep. So, and I think having a really powerful SDR department is probably the way to do that. Yeah. I think, I think we're building out a really strong SDR team, personally. But, you know, time will tell. See who, who holds the test of time. Yeah. Know? But I definitely think that we have a pretty strong core. And I think the fact that we do have some of the beasts in here, like training the other people, like yeah, something that, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this is like, I think also age training is something that is like important, right? Like, age training? Like you got Erica, you got Valeria, you got Ryan. They're kind of in the same similar age. Yeah, yeah. But they're at a specific point in their career that is almost like, like when we try to set these unattainable goals for like a million dollars, if you never got into a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like my thought is like, well, if Larry's doing it at this age, I should be able to do this. So how do I do that? Yeah. Versus like, oh, Matt's doing this as a business owner at this at, at 30, you know, whatever years old. That doesn't seem as attainable. Right? Yeah. So it's like, who do we have at certain age points in different parts of their at, uh, different parts of their career who are going to be the people that resonate most? 
Yeah, that's a really good point. That's you know? super. I never actually thought of it that way. Yeah, it's it's something I've just seen because if you observe like how everyone interacts, and that's why I love these type of events is like our retreats. Is you see the the factions, they all se- separate off, right? There's always still going to be a leader of every faction. Period. It's always someone everyone resonates with as the leader of that. Yeah, yeah. So when you notice it, you're like, okay, so that conversation makes sense. Let's talk to the person who the leader is and see what they're hearing. Yeah. Right. It's like a, it's that's like sort a, of how road you know sort of became and, and tony yeah sort of became leaders in the business because they were around for so long they represent different generations yeah Rhodes my age and your yeah. age right yeah, exactly and tony's you know in his like mid to late 20s yeah and so it's like they're going to kind of resonate slightly with different people mm-hmm. and uh you know they're kind of like naturally do people flowed to them yeah you know and it was like the sort of young people really resonate with road he kind of has like a father figureish type thing yeah and everyone in the middle kind of really resonates with with tony so you kind of get this i guess natural shift but yeah i think it's a real interesting thing like i think the difficulties that we have in this company are we have a lot of very young people who want to prove themselves mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily know the way to do that right as only young people can like i said yeah. today you're fucking 25, your, your, your brain isn't done, which is <laughs> yeah. why you make infuriating decisions, yep, yep. right? And like, you know, it sounds <clears throat> pejorative and to say it, but like it's the thing that you only realize is true when you get a bit older. Mm-hmm. And I look back at my behavior when I was their age oh, and, I was, and I was in the army and I was being fucking berated by my sergeant <laughs> who's my age now. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like this makes a lot more sense now <laughs> yeah. than it did then. It's like maybe I was the <laughs> asshole. Right. Yeah. Um, Nine out of ten times. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have time zones. Yeah. You know, that's. I think that's a big one, especially when it comes down to like the accounts we're looking to scale at a certain pace, right? Yeah. It's like how do we cover all the time zones for somebody like that, where, you know, obviously we're not trying to burn everybody out by working fifteen hours a day because we need to fill a certain time slot. Yeah. All right. And that's the other tricky part is like unless we're, how do, you can't dictate someone's calendar, so it's like, yeah, we need to like fill spots. So I I agree. It's like time zones is big because the fact that we are worldwide it's like there's a lot of a lot of coverage there yeah we got dudes in you know europe like eastern europe and then we got dudes like in australia you know us uk canada and like bali vietnam yeah south america like this and then we got the vas who are in philippines yeah it's crazy and so it's just like um it just creates like management issues Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. where you know, managers are managing people that are on totally opposite time zones. And so it's like you're kind of doing work and then providing reports. And then while you're asleep, people are kind of looking at those reports. And like, like you, you say it and that sounds like a really efficient way of doing things. Yeah. But it's just not the way people operate. Right. People need to be told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And they need to be like told when they're not doing it correctly. And they need to be given quick feedback, mm-hmm. not feedback a day later. Yeah. 12 hours is a long time to wait between here and something. <laughs> It, you know? it really is. So, you know, we're trying to do our best to fix that. Yeah. Hence kind of the conversations that we've had while you're here. Yeah. So I think we're on the right track. We're all learning. We're all picking it up. We'll figure it yeah. out. But this is, uh, like I was saying, the environment. I, I love being on the ship or the plane that's being built as it's crashing. <laughs> you're like, we got to get these fucking wings on. Let's go. Yeah, right. Yeah. I fucking love it. But it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that the culture that we, we build and the type of people we have are the people that are willing to kind of, let's get these fucking wings on and let's yeah, get yeah. this thing fixed, right? So I love that culture and I think that that's something that uh, it's hard to get away from, right? And I think that does have to do Especially with Especially now that you got a tattoo. Yeah, well, right? I mean, what am I supposed to do with this thing now? <laughs> you can't, take, can't take it off, it's not a stick-on, so. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. It's like there's certain, 
to be able to do that, it, it, for me, it means a lot to have be a piece of the family, right? So yeah, you don't find that everywhere. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, thanks, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Later, guys. Put that coffee down. down. down.